0: Hello and welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Terry Simmons. With me today is Dr. Jim Barnes, Chief of Staff with Krista's Highland Medical Center. And we're going to be talking about bariatric surgery. If you have a question regarding bariatric surgery, please call the number you see on your screen throughout the show, 318-219-4569. And just so we can hear your question, make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way before calling. We're happy to take your calls at Dr. Barnes Live. Hi, Dr. Barnes, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, thank you.
0: <laughs> so, um, first, let's talk about bariatric surgery and what that is exactly.
1: Yeah, sure. So, bariatric surgery is weight loss surgery. Uh, and, you know, we look at people that are at 100 pounds or more over their ideal body weight. And, um, and those are the folks that are generally candidates for uh, for surgery. So uh, we do a couple of operations that we'll kind of get into and look at how they work. Uh, the gastric bypass and the sleeve gastrectomy are the two operations that we do and uh, you know hopefully talk a little bit about how we do those which is robotically now which is how we do all these operations uh, through some very small incisions and and uh, see a very uh, nice speedy recovery after surgery for most folks too.
0: And that is such a special aspect of it. I love that we talk about the robotic aspect and how you actually do the surgery. So on top of it being life-changing, it's become just so precise and and such easy recovery and everything is just so much better for the patient. It
1: has and it's still a big operation regardless of how you do it, but but by doing these robotically, uh, most people just spend one night in the hospital, you know, they go home the next day uh, most people are back to work in you know, week and a week-and-a-half, two weeks, um, and uh, so uh, we've seen some real great advantages of that.
0: And I can imagine how it feels to a patient. We talked about before how this usually the patient it's morbid obesity, which is the, the medical term for how much weight, overweight they would be. I mean, they've probably tried everything else, and exercise and dieting does not work, so they come to you and do this. And then for the next day, to, and they've struggled with this, whatever how long they've dealt with it. They come to you. They have the surgery, and the next day they can go and feel as though it's already started, oh, yeah. and their new life is already beginning immediately. Yeah.
1: And it, it's such a turning point in people's lives, uh, you know, because things are so different after that. And and even something simple as just not being hungry all the time. You know, after surgery, um, m- both these operations significantly decrease people's appetite, and that's part of how they work. And so after surgery, you know they'll be, we'll start them on clear liquids the next day, uh, and and they're like always amazed that they're not starving to death because they haven't eaten in a couple of days, and and. Um, and you know they're okay with it. So it really does change that.
0: It's really incredible. And do you have your patients come in, I know you do extensive aftercare too. Do you find that they also say that because they're not as hungry, they also don't feel deprived? Because that's a big feeling of someone who's hungry, but they don't want, they want to lose weight, they feel deprived.
1: Yeah, and that's a big part of it. I think that uh, people that are morbidly obese are really driven by hunger. They have a lot of hunger issues for the most part. And and they also it takes more food for them to feel full to reach that satiety level and so uh, this sort of resets all that with the surgery and that's um, part of, of uh, uh, again part of how it's, why it's so successful is that is that people it, it sort of just keep takes food away from being the focus of your life you know people that are overweight and struggle with this food is such a big a big focus for them and after the surgery uh, people just kind of you know don't think about it so much. It's not such a driving force for them anymore.
0: It just alleviates that one critical thing that has just been driving them and really making them very unhappy for a long time. Yeah, Yeah. So before we talk about the different types of of surgery, uh, let's talk about specifically again for those listening, who is a candidate for bariatric surgery? Yeah,
1: so we start with weight obviously and and, uh, like I said it's about a hundred pounds or more over your ideal body weight. If you have other health issues related to your weight, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, things like that, we can usually, uh, you, know, you don't have to be quite as heavy, although still have to be about 80, 85 pounds overweight for that. Um, and uh, so that's where it starts. And then You know, and and just kind of you know, if people are interested in this, what we do is we have a seminar every week uh, that we do a free seminar uh, where you can come in and uh, just get more information about weight loss surgery. Uh, And then we usually meet with each person individually afterwards, and then sort of come up with a uh, you know a treatment plan for each specific patient. Um, But we'll check you know. Verify your insurance. Make sure you have coverage for that, and most people do. Most insurances do cover weight loss surgery. Not all of them, but most do. And Medicare does as well. And so we do. We uh, accept that also. And so we'll confirm with that. See what requirements your insurance company has. Um, sometimes we will have you seen by a heart doctor or a lung doctor if patients have other medical issues that we need to sort of clear before we do surgery. So you know, it's a process. There's you know, you know, a number of steps that go into this. Uh, but we're very familiar with that. We do this all the time, and so you know we kind of help guide folks through that uh, to make it as as uh, as painless as possible.
0: Which is a really good thing to point out. Also, that's not just it. If you weigh this much um, and your BMI comes up, that then you're good. It's very extensive. It's a process, it is, like yeah. you said. Yeah, and
1: sometimes it's it's that way because the insurance companies try <laughs> to throw up some hurdles and roadblocks to make it a little more difficult. But uh, uh, but again we you know we navigate through that stuff all the time and it's it, it is kind of it seems a little you know sometimes it's a little complicated a little overwhelming uh, but that's part of our job is to to sort of walk people through the steps and 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 if you know if they decide that surgery is what they want to do and that that's you know that's the right choice for them. Uh, Then we'll help you get from point A to point B where we can do the operation and then move forward from there.
0: And also the amount of information you offer. Like you said, there's the meetings, the seminars. What happens in those?
1: Yeah. So um, the, the the seminars we do uh, weekly for new patients, and and it, it, we just kind of go over all the information. Some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here. Yeah, you know, we talk about you know what is a gastric bypass and how does it work? What is a sleeve gastrectomy and how does that work? Um, what steps are required? You know, going into surgery what to expect afterwards in terms of diet and hospital stay and vitamins and all these questions that people have. We talk about risk and complications that can occur with surgery, you know, because are, these are big operations that we're doing and there are some risks with them. They're fortunately all very, very low, but uh, so we discuss that. So it's just kind of a sort of an all-encompassing general information about uh, about bariatric surgery because I think I think with each patient part of them making the decision whether or not to move forward with this is getting all the information about it and, and the correct information about it because you know, you can get online and Google it and some of that information is great some of it's a little sketchy, you know, you never know what you're going to get into when you get online. And so we try to just, you know, make it, you know, very black and white. These are the facts about bariatric surgery. This is what we do, this is what to expect, these are the results that we typically see. Uh, these are the risk of surgery. Um, and, and so each patient can then make an informed decision about about what, you know, whether they're going to move forward and then which operation is the right one for them.
0: And it sounds like it's a very safe place to ask all your questions. Just oh, yeah. to be there. Ask your Absolutely. questions. Don't be afraid to ask anything. Yeah.
1: And we keep the groups very small. Usually mm-hmm. it's about six or eight people nice. uh, each week. And then again, I also meet with each person individually afterwards, look through their medical history, do a quick physical exam, and then we help each patient kind of formulate a treatment plan moving forward, assuming that's what they want to do. Um, and uh, so we can kind of find the right fit for each individual person
0: and I know we've talked about it several times you've told me like there's just no wrong question there's nothing just and to keep yeah. asking the questions until you're just really satisfied with that you have everything you need to know to make a decision
1: yeah and and, and again you know there's so much misinformation mm-hmm. out there uh, not only online but even you know talking to people you know, if, you know if they talk to a family member or even you know some doctors and stuff don't really know all the information about this and so um, you know i've been doing these for over twenty five years i've done almost four thousand weight loss operations in my career uh, so I have a big experience with this i've seen you know the good the bad and the ugly I've seen the evolution of bariatric surgery over over these twenty five years um, um, you know when I first started we were doing these all through a big open incision uh, when I first learned how to do them and then we did them laparoscopically for a long time and now we do them robotically and so you know there's been all these you know, changes over time as these operations have evolved.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing. And I know that we've talked about before how just people are naturally curious, and we do have all of this at our fingertips, so go ahead and Google and do what you want to, but before you make a decision and call that right or wrong, take that information to the doctor and run it by your doctor. Exactly. To see if that and I'm not saying don't you. do
1: your own research, yeah. because there, like I said, there right. is a lot of great information out there, mm-hmm. and that's a good place to start. Um, um, and then you can also go to our website for the clinic and I've got some information on there too so highlandclinic.com is our website and if you go into the providers and click on my name I've got some little videos and stuff on there uh, oh, that's as well great. that folks can look at.
0: Yeah so see online your information is right there online they yes, can go and start there absolutely. and even then they see something on there they're not sure about bring it to you and just talk, it, yeah. talk about because even though it could be true and valid information that they're seeing you want to know if it pertains to me like I would see it and go is does this look right? But does this work for me? Is right. this what I saw? What do you think about exactly. me making this decision? So, Okay. So that we've gone. We've got all the information. Let's talk about the different types of surgery. Yeah,
1: sure. So I brought a little uh, uh, flip chart here um, showing um, a picture of the two operations that we do. And, and we can just talk about these real quick. Um, so this is the gastric bypass. This is uh, uh, still the most common operation that we do for weight loss. And and with this operation, you can see on here, I'm trying to get the glare off of it. There we go. So, uh, with this operation, there's two parts to it. The first part is, is making this small stomach pouch here. Uh, where we separate it from the rest of the stomach down here. So now this functions as your stomach after surgery. It's about the size of a small egg, so that limits how much food you can take in at one time. And then we uh, divide the intestine down here and hook that up to the stomach and then this reconnects down here. So now when people eat, the food goes into that small stomach and then it goes down this way so it's going to bypass the stomach and the first part of the intestine. So the result of that is that they don't absorb the food quite as well. So it limits how much food people can take in at one time with the small stomach, and then of the food that they do eat, they don't absorb as much of it because of the uh, bypass part of the operation. And now I'm going to flip over here to uh, to the sleeve gastrectomy, which is the other operation that we do. And so with the sleeve. Uh, And this is a little simpler operation. It's not quite as involved as the gastric bypass. It's still a newer surgery compared to the bypass. The bypass has been around for about 50 years. Uh, The sleeve has been around about 10 or 12 years now, so we don't have all the long-term data with this like we do with the gastric bypass. But with the sleeve, uh, we take a stapler and we staple right up here, and then we're going to actually remove all of this stomach here. So this all comes out. We're going to leave a little narrow tube of stomach about the size and shape of a small banana. Um, And so that's, it's kind of like the sleeve on a long sleeve shirt. That's where it uh, got its name. We're not wrapping anything around the stomach. A lot of people hear sleeve and they think that that's what we're doing, but we're just downsizing the stomach. So you're going to fill up quicker because there's less room for, for the food when you eat. And then again, like we said earlier, the other thing that both these operations do for most people is they decrease their appetite or their hunger level, and that uh, and that's part of how they work as well.
0: That's really fascinating, and I'm so visual. And when I see these, it really makes so much more sense to me. And I look at it, and um, so it really is amazing how little food that we really need.
1: Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, and and. Um, uh, and how much we do kind of overeat a lot of times. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you're know you talking about a very small stomach after these operations, uh, but that's what it takes to, to lose that weight and maintain that weight loss.
0: Okay, we have a caller for you. Um, Herb, thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Barnes?
1: Yes, ma'am. Uh, Dr. Barnes, I have a unique situation. I had a major back surgery where they Install rods and all kind of stuff in my back and in doing so they killed a lot of nerves and the nerves in my lower abdomen have not regenerated i have been to dallas uh, dr campbell uh, peter campbell is phenomenal orthopedic and uh anyway he has sent me everybody i can and to Try to figure out something, and he and I were discussing the possibility of fat reduction. Okay, that is kind of an uh, an unusual situation, but um, uh, you know, it seems like you know, if you would otherwise qualify for the surgery, um, I don't think it's anything that would keep you from having the surgery. Uh, Now, whether or not it would do anything with the nerve issues that you're having, that I can't really say for sure. It may not affect that at all, but I I don't think it would keep you from having bariatric surgery if you otherwise qualify for it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for your call. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for calling, Herb. So that's interesting, too, that we, we always talk about all the different reasons that someone may want to lose the weight, um, whether it's emotional or just wanting to be able to get down and play on the floor with, with kids and other family members or feel good in their clothes. But do, do you find this very often, people yeah, come this to is, you?
1: I, this is something I yeah. haven't really heard much of, but, but you're right, there are a million reasons why people decide to do mm-hmm. this, and you know, a lot of times it's health issues. Uh, partic- you know, pick folks that are a little bit older, because that's when those start creeping up. You know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you can kind of get away with being overweight, and it doesn't affect your health as dramatically. But when you start getting into your 40s and 50s, that's when it really catches up with you. And so, you know, people that are a little older, you know, more commonly are gonna come in for, for health-related issues. Uh, people that are younger, um, it, it can be that, but it's also, you know, sometimes more social issues, sometimes it's more, you know you know young mothers that just can't keep you know can't keep up with their kids you know they can't get up off the floor very easily when they you know when they're down there playing with their kids and things like that and people just want to feel better and be able to to do more stuff so that's a big part of it too um, i've had um, a group of people that, that i think this is kind of interesting people that had kidney failure that were on dialysis and they wanted to do a kidney transplant, but 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 when you're morbidly obese, they won't do a kidney transplant on you. Wow. And so I've had a number of people that uh, that came in uh, because they needed to lose weight to, to get a kidney transplant. And then we would do their surgery, they lose their weight, and then they're able to get their transplant. So you know, you do, we just see all kinds <laughs> of reasons that people come in for this.
0: And that's a, a good lead-in to my next question too. Like you you probably see and we've mentioned before, just losing the weight can solve so many other issues that might be going on in your body too
1: right and, and, and it is a big health issue for a lot of people and, and you know there's sort of the big five things we talk about diabetes high blood pressure sleep apnea, um, um, uh, osteoarthritis, pain in the weight-bearing joints, the knees the back, and reflux disease, heartburn and that sort of thing and those are some of the more common and more significant health issues. Uh, that people have that are related to their obesity, and we see such a high cure rate of those. I mean, with both operations, we will see typically you know 80 to 90 percent cure rate of all those medical problems uh, after surgery, and it's usually very quick. Diabetes is a great example. Um, after a gastric bypass, people that have type 2 or adult onset diabetes, uh, we see a, a 80 to 90 percent cure rate of that, and it's just like that. It's like. 24 hours after surgery, their diabetes is gone. And so it's not even a weight-related thing. It's just, it goes away uh, after the surgery. And they go home with normal blood sugars, off of their diabetic medications. And for the majority of people, that's a lifelong effect afterwards.
0: What a great side effect, a great benefit yeah. that you can have to doing this. And it's like like you won't might not think in your mind that this weight caused this, but it's a place to start to help cure it or feel better about it and it's amazing what that will do in your body.
1: Yeah. And it's just it's I really love seeing that. You know, <laughs> I, I see people all the time that come in and they'll give me a list of a dozen medications that they're taking every day. And, you know, not long after surgery we're usually able to get people off of most of their meds and, and And uh, you know, so that's you know, people are just much healthier after bariatric surgery. You know, they lose that weight, they feel better because they're not you know, they can you know, they don't get so winded. They can be more active, um, but they're also you know, a lot of these medical conditions go away, and they get off of all these medicines, and that helps them feel better as well. You know, getting off their blood pressure medicine, getting off um, you know, their diabetic medicine, like we talk about their CPAP machine if they have uh, uh, sleep apnea. Uh, things like that, so it and changes.
0: You, it changes, it's amazing. And do you think that, or do you see that a lot of times when they start feeling better, a lot of them patients might just really want to go, what's the next healthy thing I can do? Like maybe they smoke yeah. a little bit or, or you know, they might drink alcohol and they might have a lot more than they really want to, or they might want to just stop altogether. Do you find that? They come in and go, I,
1: I want to quit this, I want to quit that, They I do. Want to be a healthy. lot of people, um, it, 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 it sort of spurs on a whole lifestyle change. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll have people that, uh, a lot of people get very active with exercise afterwards. And you don't even have to do that to lose weight. But a lot of people really get in, get involved in it, and you know, it's hard. It's hard to exercise when you're morbidly obese, and and you know, because first of all, just physically, it's tough. But then there's also, you know, who wants to go to the gym when you weigh 300 pounds and be around you know these little 110 year old, you know, I mean 110 pound. You know women that are out there working out it's just it 's just intimidating you know and and so people really struggle with even you know wanting to get out there and 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 try that sort of stuff but when they start losing that weight, all of a sudden it's like well, maybe I could go out and do some stuff and so we'll see people get more active um, start eating healthier that's another another big thing. most people really turn their diets around and and um, and they, you know, just eat much healthier foods. They get rid of a lot of the, you know, the sugary drinks and the, you know, things like that. And so, um, you're right. A lot of people make some some really big lifestyle changes.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, and we have a Danielle on the line for you. Danielle, what's your question for Dr. Barnes?
1: Uh, yes, sir. I have a pretty basic question. Um, do you guys have options for people who are still pay who do not have insurance? um we do have cash pay options and um, um, and it is expensive uh, for surgery but uh, but but that would be the only other option if uh, if you don't have the insurance coverage and so um, we can give you the pricing on that if you call um, and um, and you know sometimes there's some medical financing that that, that uh, can help with a lot of that as well so sometimes those are options for people um, but uh, um, you know, fortunately, most of the insurance companies cover it, um, and and that's something you know. One of the first things we'll look at, if, you know, if a patient calls in, we'll make sure that they do have coverage and, and what the things are that are required by the insurance. But uh, um, you know, most of the commercial insurances cover it, not all, and you know, I'm hopeful that someday they will all cover it. Uh, but the majority do, and um, um, and then Medicare as well, and and we do accept that. Uh, we don't accept Medicaid as a primary. But Medicare and all the commercial insurances that cover it, and so the vast majority of people I do are through are through insurance, typically. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for your call. Thank you for
0: calling, Danielle. And do you find with patients um, that? once you feel really really good and you didn't know you didn't know you could feel this good because maybe you've lived that life you thought that this is just the way it was this is as good as it gets for me Very and then point. you have this and then you start feeling really good and do you find that you're more aware then it's it's because I know like you feel really good and then you eat that food that you loved that you know that you may go back to some fried foods or some things that run and you just don't feel good you're yeah. more aware of the fact that you didn't feel good eating that
1: yeah and, and and that's a good point. People, you know, because it's a gradual thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you know, you're not born morbidly obese. And so, you know, it's a gradual process over years gaining that weight. And so um, I hear that a lot. Most people, they didn't realize how bad they felt until all of a sudden they feel better. And, you know, that that was just sort of, they just kind of accepted that as that's just, you know, how life is and that's how I'm going to feel. and don't even really Sometimes even think about it as much, uh, until all of a sudden they start feeling better, and then it's like they didn't realize how bad they felt until now they feel better after the surgery.
0: It really is, and and that becomes addictive too. Feeling good, yes, just feels so good. And do you? And you're right.
1: Then after the surgery, if you do, you know, eat something that's really like fried and greasy, or something that's really sweet you're probably not going to tolerate that real well after surgery. And so, you know, you're right. If you eat a Snickers bar after a gastric bypass, you're not going to feel very good. And that's just kind of, I guess, it's way of reminding you that you need to sort of follow some rules after.
0: Yeah, it really is. It changes your life in absolutely every way, Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, and so, since it, it's a good point to remind people, it is you, no one's born that way. You gradually get that way and it's just lifestyle. And then so once you have the surgery, is that also a gradual getting used to this new lifestyle? It is.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I mean yes and no. I, you know, obviously the weight loss is gradual and it usually takes about 9 to 12 months for people to lose their weight after surgery. But a lot of the effects of it are, are immediate after surgery in terms of like the appetite reduction that we talked about and things like that, and so uh, you yeah, know some of those changes are right away. Um, and and you're just kind of reminding me as we were talking about this, there are sort of two components to this. There is a genetic component to obesity, and and um, and, and there are some people that are just more prone to gain weight than others, and and so uh... you know there's a lot of you know family history and, and you know a lot of times obesity really runs strongly in people's family now obviously part of that also is the decisions people are making on what they're eating and drinking and so that's probably even a bigger factor is people's diet um, but you know there are definitely people that are you know because we all know people that can eat anything they want and they're going to look like a stick they're not going to gain any weight and so there are people like that out there so there are also the opposite of that, people that you know maybe don't eat as much as some, but still struggle with their weight. Uh, and um, fortunately, though, with any of those situations, the, the, the surgery still works, even if there's a strong genetic component. Um, um, You know, the surgery is still you know, just as effective in those folks.
0: Okay. And have you spoken to people who have that concern, too, when you brought up genetics, where some people are just so locked into, everyone in my family is heavy, that's just how we are, I do want to change, I don't want to be that way, I want to have this. But I'm afraid that if I do have the surgery, that because of my genetics, I'm just going to gain it all back. I'm going to find a way to gain it all back. Does anyone have that concern? A lot
1: of people have a a healthy dose of skepticism coming Into it because again, by the time they get to me, you know, nobody comes to me after they've tried one diet. You know, everybody has tried a hundred different diets, a hundred different programs, you know, know, and, and so, and they've all failed because, again, like we said earlier, diet and exercise is not how you treat morbid obesity. And so, when they get to me, they have done all this stuff, everything has failed. And they start to feel kind of hopeless that there's just no way that I'm gonna be able to do anything about this. And so they come in a little skeptical uh, and I get that because that's been the history of every other plan that they've had, it has not worked. And so, uh, you know, there there is a, a little bit of that and, and then always a very pleasant surprise when they say, okay, man, this is actually working for me. And, and we talked about the families too. And a lot a lot of times we will see, um, you know, again, there's a lot of f- familial stuff with obesity, and so um, you know, the first person will come forward and do surgery and lose weight, and then all of a sudden, others in the family start to really notice that, and then pretty soon, you know, another brother or sister will come in, and then a spouse will come in, and then a parent or a child will come in, and and so you know, a lot of times we you know slowly work through the whole family as people realize you know see the results that we get. And and you know see how well people do afterwards.
0: And that's a really good thing, which I'm sure you cover in your aftercare, which is so caring that you sometimes it's like the families might say, oh yeah, you look good now, but you'll gain it back, or you know you're like us. I mean, you can say no. If it worked for me, it can work for all of our family, or, yeah. or try it. If it worked for me, you can try it too, and, and it there, might work for and you. And there
1: are there is some of that. Some you know sometimes there is some of that negativity around it. Um, and uh, part of that, I think, is just fear. You know, yeah. they're afraid of their, you know, what's going to happen. Is there going to be a problem or anything? You know, and, and I think that's part of it. Um, and, uh, and and that's why, again, we go back to you know getting people the the real information, the truth, the the, the you know the good, the bad, and the ugly about weight loss surgery, uh, so they can make their own informed decision. Right. And you know, rather than well, I know so and so who knew so and so who had this surgery thirty years ago and they had whatever problem. And so, you know, there's you know, there's always those anecdotal hearsay stories, but you know, when you really see the you know the real facts about surgery and then and then can make an informed decision.
0: Right and let's talk real quick. We have three minutes left but I do want to talk about the robotics and first of all how does someone decide between these two surgeries and then let's talk about the actual robotics.
1: Yeah so in terms of deciding between the two surgeries that's um, for the most part that's going to be up to each patient you know we we definitely you know provide the information Um, I will sort of help you know, make my recommendations in terms of what I think they would, you know, be, you know, do the best with. Um, occasionally, I will not offer one or the other if I just don't think it's a good fit for them. Uh, but for the most part, it's the patient's decision. But you know, again, with with some guidance from us in terms of, of you know what to expect with each and 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 how you know what we think they would do better with with the bypass versus the sleeve. Um, in terms of robotic surgery and we do all these robotically now and and I just want to kind of just briefly explain what that is because a lot of people um, you know, don't really understand what robotic surgery is, and they, you know, they picture like you know the Jetsons where the robot flies in and <laughs> I'm off in another room having coffee, and the robots <laughs> in there, you know, working away doing the surgery, and and, and that's not what this is. Uh, so with robotic surgery, it's still laparoscopic surgery. So you still have the several little incisions, uh, but instead of um, instead of me standing at the table moving stuff around, the robot is at the table, and the instruments are attached to the robotic arms but I'm controlling the robotic arm, So I'm sitting over in the corner of the room at the robotic console and then using hand and foot controls, I'm maneuvering the robotic arms. And so uh, it's still the surgeon controlling everything that's going on, but it just gives me much more precision and much more ability to do things that I couldn't do straight laparoscopically. And so um, you know, that's a great advantage from a surgeon standpoint, but also from a patient standpoint, we're seeing less pain afterwards, uh, we've cut the hospital stay in half. typically you know these were all two minute two, I mean two night stays in the hospital and now they're one night stay. Uh, recovery, is much quicker. Most people are back to work, like I said before, in a week and a half, two weeks, um, and feeling good. So, you know, we see some real nice advantages there.
0: So many advantages, so many benefits. And I know what locked in for me when you explained it one time, like the robot is actually just another precise tool that you're using, like a scalpel or something else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Barnes, this is just wonderful. Thank you again so much for being here. You're helping so many people. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you again. So we'll see you again next time and for more information. I know you've got some more information on some more stories I that do. you can take care of. All right, we look forward to it. All right, thank you. And everyone else, thank you so much for joining us for Helpline 3. Have a lovely afternoon, and we'll see you next time.